welcome to our newest episode of Rethrive. I'm your host, Monique Fisher, and this week's episode I had a very, very special guest on. Her name is Lauren Becker, and she is one of my beautiful friends that I met when I did nude yoga last year. And so Lauren is a woman's embodiment facilitator, and she's a transformational leader. So Lauren works with women leaders who are really seeking that deep embodiment and finding that energy and passion and power and just returning to themselves um, with that feminine you know, femininity and intimacy. And so she's just such a beautiful soul and I can't wait for you guys to hear what she's got to share this week. So let's dive right in. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so, so, so glad you could make it. I would love, to, and our listeners, I would love them to just know where mm. you started to where you are now mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and share as much or as little detail as you like. Yeah. I know there are certain things that, you know, I think are really important for people to hear. So, yeah, take it away. And (laughs) I'm going to take it right back to, you know, kind of back to the beginning for me Mm. where it started. And that was when I actually started getting breasts at school. Wow. And I remember feeling so ashamed Mm. of getting breasts when my mum was like, I think you need a bra. How old were you? I was 10. That's young. That's my daughter's age. Well, she's 11 now, but yeah, that was last year for her. I was in such denial because prior to that I was, you know, playing soccer with the boys. I was one of the boys essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got three brothers. So for me, there was that feeling of separation and, oh, my gosh, there's this, you know, difference. So it kind of that was the first point in which I remember feeling ashamed deep shame and difference, right? And Mm -hmm. so from there, how it panned out was I grew breasts early and Mm. um, obviously it was noticeable and obviously as teenagers, boys obviously have all their, you know, hormones, everyone's hormones are going wild and everything like that, right? And so I felt like I was in this spotlight. And so I say this because it it directly links into then me as a teenager growing up, mm. I sexualized myself. So I put myself in this space of sexualizing myself for mm. validation. And what I mean by that was I would use my body to attract what I want. I think we've all done that. Yeah. <laughs> From a very young age. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it kind of, so this undercurrent, of um, not enoughness was playing out through that. How and I have to show up for other people rather than showing up for yourself. Yeah. Because we're not taught to show up for ourselves. This is how I feel validated. Mm. So I'm going to keep doing it because it mm. makes me feel important and it makes me feel like I'm enough. Wow. And so that played out all through high school. I remember I used to scan my breasts and send them to boys. There were so many things that I did and that was, that was you know, just the the top of the thing that I actually put my body through, right? And so there was this, um, within all of that, there was just this deep, deep desire within me to help people. Mm. You know, this, I loved reminding people, obviously, because this is what I carried, I loved reminding people that they were enough, how beautiful they were, how amazing they were, how much, like, joy they brought to other people's lives Mm. how necessary they were in this life yeah 
because that was the very thing that I was dealing with, right? (laughs) But I didn't realize. And so from school, I went into beauty therapy. I thought that was the one thing that I always wanted to do. I was like, yep, this is it. It's perfect. Beauty therapy, right? I'll make people like feel better by looking good. By the external. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. That's where it starts. Yeah. Totally. And, um, And also throughout high school, like I dealt with a lot of like body shame. There was so much body shame. And I look back now and I'm like, what was I even worrying about? You know? Can I ask? Yeah. Like, so when you were saying, let's take it back to when you were like 10 and you got breasts. Do you ever remember at any stage or was it multiple times where you would look in the mirror at yourself and be, whether it be like disgusted or like, why is my body doing that? Like, and question what you were, what you were seeing. Prior to 10 years old? Not prior to because obviously we're free and we're kids and we're having fun and we love life. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but From after From then that, onwards. Yeah, yeah absolutely, mm. completely. Um, and it was more like I would look at other girls and go, why don't I look like her? Compare yourself. How do I look like her? And also because I hung around with a lot of boys, I would hear what the boys would say about the girls as well. So right. I'd be like, well, why don't you say that about me? Yes, yeah. How do I get you to say that about me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I felt this this underlying validation and yeah. desire for them that yeah. I wanted. Mm-hmm. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, wow. Um. And I remember, oh gosh, I just I find it so interesting. So I remember all throughout high school, um, I remember going to parties and duct taping my hips down. So I've got a tiny waist and I've got like larger hips. Yeah, I would I would duct tape my hips down and then that played out like when I started clubbing, I would like put wrap duct tape around my hips. To smooth yeah. it out, right? Obviously, you've got now. You've now we've got underwear that say, does that. That, that. that didn't exist back then, <laughs> right? <laughs> Body contouring. I know, and so like these were, and and even like my breasts as well, like to strap my breasts mm, down. Yeah, and so just so much shame, and and you know, obviously, needless to say, I never picked up on those nights or anything like that. But, but it was that constant need for like right <laughs> changing what you had exactly. Because you couldn't accept it exactly, yeah, and right. so. That poured out in beauty therapy. I was like, I don't feel this in with, I don't feel this within myself. How do I, how help do I others. help others feel this? Mm, right. Yeah, can totally relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> and I got to a stage with beauty therapy where I just felt it were it felt surface level. It felt like mm-hmm. it just wasn't enough. It wasn't filling the spot. Yeah. And and did you find your, yourself like when you were with those clients <clears throat> and you'd be having like conversations where it goes from like zero to a hundred and you'd be like, oh my God, this is such a deep conversation um, <laughs> or not necessarily. I'm just trying to think. So I remember wanting those conversations, mm. but from a professional perspective, because that was nearly 15 years ago now yeah, wow. and from a professional perspective I didn't feel like I could and also because I was so young I didn't feel like yeah. I could have those conversations yeah you know I didn't feel confident within myself to have those conversations and I guess it wouldn't have been like you know, <laughs> yeah you sort of go oh not the time and place and you know not the right setting and all that sort of stuff yeah but I remember feeling this this almost like this energy that wanted to speak like, up speak and share. Yeah. yeah I remember feeling that within myself yeah And so from beauty therapy, I then, um, I actually went and just took a few years overseas and this was very, very pivotal in me 
realizing and remembering my own inner strength and my own capabilities. And I truly believe that it's something that everyone, if they get a chance to include in their life, should do. Because it's like that what I, it now connects so beautifully into my work because a large part of my work now is adventuring the internal wilderness of our body, Mm. right? Which very much translates to I love the way you say that (laughs) it's like just a phrase that like just I feel opens up the brain and just you can really dive deep into it where it's it's not surface level anymore you know yeah and Mm. and I didn't realize at the time of that that that's what I was doing Mm. but now I understand why I love traveling the globe so much exactly exploring Mm -hmm. because it's just such a mirror yeah. for what I explore inside myself. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and so I came back and I actually um, was put in touch with um, a kinesiologist and I went and saw for the very first time a kinesiologist. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what they did ever. <laughs> I hadn't I even like, heard of them. I feel like people still don't know what they right? do. And They're this, like, yeah. is that that weird that they do weird things with their hands. Exactly. I remember coming out of that session going, what? she is a magician. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember that my first session. Oh, my gosh. Oh, crazy. I know. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's magic. Mm-hmm. Magic exists in this world. Yeah. Um, and so I'd come back from overseas just to paint a picture. I'd come back from overseas and I was in such adrenal fatigue because mm. I kind of took on this independent Beyonce, have to do things myself kind of attitude. Yeah. Such adrenal, exactly. And I was in adrenal fatigue. I felt like I was 24 years old and I came back and I felt like I had to be an adult, right? That's still so young. I know. That's so young. I know. And so I was like, great, awesome. I'll get a uni degree. I'll get a like career in inverted mm. commas. Yeah. I'll, I'll do all the adult things, right? Mm. And I just remember internally I was dying every part of me was like I don't want to do this and then when I saw this kinesiologist she first thing that she said to me when I went in was um she didn't know anything about me all she knew was that I had three brothers and my parents were still together yeah and she's like okay so the emotion that's coming up is depression your adrenal glands are in overdrive like she just fed all this stuff to me I was like (laughs) how do you know this (laughs) it at you you're like, I haven't taught anyone this stuff <laughs> wow. so I remember coming out of that session going I want to learn this one day like this would be really cool to learn yeah put that on pause went into like more of a salesy kind of corporate kind of environment oh cringe. it was I know I know <laughs> um and from that space I and so also um, health had been really important to me. So throughout this whole entire journey, I'd mm. always gone to the gym to, but I'd done it from a space of trying to lose weight to make myself look better. Always. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To change myself. Mm-hmm. And then I decided whilst I was in this, this kind of corporate sales space to um, study personal training. Mm. And I just remember going, okay, if I can take the jump from this, because I hate sales, I love talking to people and hearing their stories, Mm -hmm. but feeling like I had to push for the sale didn't like it, you know, from that space. You don't want to, you just want to share what you have to share. You don't want to ask for anything in return. Well, yeah, (laughs) and I didn't want to, like, 
I felt like I was also hearing their story because I needed to make money. Mm. You know, that was kind of the perspective. Whereas I yeah. just wanted to hear their story and be like, oh my gosh. Let me help you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Definitely. And so anyway, I transitioned into PT and then I got sick, like almost immediately. Really? And yeah, and I actually got to the stage that this was in 2000, at the very end of 2011. <clears throat> And this was almost one of the pivotal turning points. Mm. So all throughout that time, up until that point, Mm. um, there was, um, so I've got three brothers. One of my brothers, I was quite, um, I've always been quite close with. And I would always be the one to save him in specific things, right? Because I put myself in that situation Mm -hmm. and I felt, and obviously you do it out of love. Like I did it out of love. What you think is love. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it got to a stage where I was almost like the third leg in his relationship. Wow. And I was suffering. And so I went to the doctors and basically I was diagnosed with severe depression and Mm. Barma forest virus. So it's kind of similar to Ross river, um, but just doesn't have like the the longevity of it. Um, But similar symptoms kind of, chronic fatigue kind of yes, symptoms. Yeah. Um, so I was I was dealing with that, trying to be the third leg in this relationship that wasn't mine. Did he know that you had that though? Um, or did you sort of keep it to yourself to try and be well, strong? Well, it, it all sort of happened at the same time because right. he was also diagnosed with depression at the same time, oh right? <laughs> we were just like, threat. I, know, I know, right? We're carrying yeah. each other's shit. Yeah, wow. Um, that's how it works though, right? It's just I know. When someone's just shit, surrogating just, for your yeah. own, just your, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we were both diagnosed with this stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was always the strong one out of my family. I've always been like the strong one, right? Mm-hmm. See, being seen as the strong one. Yeah. And I portrayed that perspective yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I remember at the time, basically at that time, what happened was I got diagnosed with all of those things, mm. I was pretending to be a third leg in his or trying to be a third leg in his relationship, so yeah. supporting him, not supporting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't feel like I had support from family members um, close to me, yeah. and obviously this is just my interpretation of it, but because I was seen as the strong one, I felt like um, mum, who I felt at the time yes. I really needed support by, I just needed support, mm. you know, I felt like, she supported him, but not me. Yeah. And well, because if we're not strong, <laughs> then what are we? Weak. Well, yeah. And you also know? because she was like, you know, I, I felt her perspective was like, you've always been the strong one. You can kind you're of fine. like, you know, you're fine. Yes. I, as a mother, yeah. like have a, have a responsibility to, you know, him kind yeah. of thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you can take care of yourself. And so that came on board. I then at work was fired from my job. So I had the PT or the, the well, it was, it yeah, was, you were sort of doubling both. sales. Yeah. And right. so I was fired from my job. So I had no income. Yeah. Um, couldn't, it took me a really, really, really long time to get Centrelink because yeah. basically they, my company at the time said that I wasn't fired. They said, cause how it actually happened was I was brutally honest. And this is where it's really interesting about transparency. Mm. I have, I really believe in transparency. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> I remember at the time being so 
brutally honest with my um, boss at the time about what I was going through mentally, right? So mm-hmm. I, as soon as I, di- I was diagnosed, I told her. Yeah. And she was like, great, awesome. Okay, so what, because I said to her, I can't do full time anymore, but I would still really love to stay with the company. She, yeah. she offered to go on a casual position mm-hmm. um, within the company. And I was like, perfect, that sounds amazing. Yeah. As soon as I went casual, she came and fired me. No or she got way. someone to fire me. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So okay, unfair dismissal. <laughs> right. So there were so was there was all that going on, mm. and now obviously I look back and it's everything happened exactly oh, how sure. it was meant to. But yeah. I remember because you, you, you of that, you get to be grateful for that now. Yeah. But at the moment you're like, what the f is happening? Exactly. <laughs> and because of that, I couldn't get Centrelink straight away yes. because there's a thing with Centrelink is you have to provide. I can't even remember when it was. It was so long ago, but. Like that you're not working. That you're not working, yeah. but yeah. that they fired me. I had oh, to provide right. a letter that okay. they fired me, not that I quit. Because yeah. if I quit, then it was a totally different mm-hmm. ball game altogether. Yeah, for sure. So I didn't feel like I had support. Mental health was suffering deeply, therefore mm. I was suffering. Yeah. I had no job, therefore no income. Wow. I was paying rent in this place that was like 200 something dollars a week. Yeah. And it just felt like I'd totally lost my whole entire identity. Everything was just ripped Everything. Out from underneath you. Exactly. And so I got to a stage where the people who had supported me, which essentially was, you know, my I felt close to was my brother and my my mom at the time. Mm. Um, I had to stop talking to people around me, basically, because right. I was like, I can't be in your shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to be in my own, like, I have to support myself because I'm yeah. actually not going to survive. Um, physically yeah physically <laughs> like, it's not just like everything else you know all that sort of stuff yeah you yeah just have to look at it from just like the very basic level of like physical survival totally first. exactly and so that was one of the that was the very very first pivotal point mm-hmm. in my life wow. that came about that was actually the turning point yeah and from that and I literally hibernated and distanced myself from so many people, mm. like friends that there was literally only two people in my life at the time yeah. who I allowed support me. And there were days where my housemate, who was also my um, work prior workmate, she just started at work like I think six weeks before moving in with me. Oh, wow. So I didn't know her for very long. Yeah. Um, there were days where she had to shower me, you know, like oh. it was it was that and and – Obviously, that's quite a vulnerable thing. Like, yeah, definitely. For starters, never having, like, the the feeling of not being able to support yourself, not being able to wash yourself, yeah. not, like, there's so much pride that just gets stripped. Oh, that, yeah. Yep. You know? Um, yeah, and there were days just where I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't, like, actually just do basic human things. Mm. And so... That went on for a little while. She, thank God, was like an angel in disguise Mm. until the point where I got to the stage and this was probably like five months after um, being diagnosed, I got to the stage where I was like, I actually need to do something. Like I can't do this anymore. Mm. Um, Did you have any guilt from like her supporting you so totally much, she, like she because... would like like take days off work for me just oh. to stay home and watch movies <laughs> with me so you had 
that like added level of like, okay, I'm already depressed. I already feel like shit. And then I feel guilty because somebody that's not my family is like helping me out. Yeah. So it just layers it on top of other layers. Totally. And not only that, but also like, obviously with the finances, like money is attached to so much shame. Money holds so much stuff for people. Yes. Yep. And I remember this was when I first really understood or just came to experience how uncomfortable I was with receiving Mm. because there were days where she would want to walk down because we were close to the beach. She would want to walk down to the beach and get a coffee and sit on on Burley Hill and, you know, obviously that's benefiting her as well, but she's like, do you want to come? Um, Let's get a coffee. And I didn't even have enough money in my bank account to get a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Like not even an espresso shot. You're like, what do I say? No. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I did say. I was like, no, no, no. Like I don't have, yeah. like, no. And then I finally got to the stage where I tell her that I didn't have enough coffee. And she's like, oh, she's like, oh, like, I don't oh, even you worry about it. I'll shout at you. Yeah, exactly. she's like, wow. and I was always like, I'll pay you back. She's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, and isn't it funny though, because at, you know, you, before you got sick or diagnosed, you were that person that was like, totally. don't worry about it. I'll, right. I'll do it. It's fine. I'm the strong, you know? Yeah. It's yes, funny. exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And also throughout this process, like I just innately felt like, I just feel like it's really important in here to drop in how I, um, w- was, almost tapping into this wisdom, this innate wisdom within me Mm. that I didn't know of, but this wisdom that would be like, just go down to the beach and just lie in the sand in the sun. So you had that voice there. Well, it was more like, like, what do I feel like doing? Like, because I can't do anything throughout the day. Yeah. Mm. And and I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. I had no idea. Yeah. Um. But there was just like, I just remember this clear view of me lying down on the sand, on the earth mm-hmm. with the sun on my face, mm-hmm. on my body, and it almost feeling like it was a battery pack for my body. Wow. Just regenerating me. It really is though. It, like, well, it is. Now I know that yeah, it's it really right. All is. the elements of nature, yep. like totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was almost like the first time. And then anyway, so fast forward a little bit, I got to the stage where I just woke up one day and <clears throat> I had this voice inside my head that goes, just love yourself. Wow. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Like it was this deep knowing, love yourself. Two words, like, and to the point where I got love tattooed on my finger, my very first tattoo, but I was just like, yeah. holy shit, that's all I have to do. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want my life. I don't want this to be my life. Mm. Like this can't be my life where I'm just stuck inside all day feeling oh god dying on the inside like so sorry for yourself and then you create the pity party around the pity party around the pity exactly (laughs) yeah and I remember this one day I was like this is not how my life is going to go I got a pen and I got a paper and I wrote down all of a list of all of the things that I wanted my life to be like wow and the woman that I wanted to be Mm. and I was like, where does this start? And it started from just getting back into movement. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, I went and joined a boot camp. Yeah. Um, 
didn't obviously want to see people, but I was like, I just need for my health. I need to do this for my health. Yeah, for sure. So I rocked up, didn't talk to anyone for like <laughs> probably like a few weeks because um, I just didn't want to like interact with anyone. You're in your zone. Exactly. <laughs> your thing. And basically that boot camp was the very start. That moment was the the next part of me shifting everything wow. because that was six months of solid ded- dedication to my health to myself yeah I would wake up every single second morning I think it was mm. um and I would work out right mm. and it but it would be from a space of not wanting to change my body but just wanting to feel better yeah so some days I would go and I'd just be like just get there Lauren Like, just get there. I think people are so quick to, like, just disconnect from the feeling Mm. because the feeling is too painful sometimes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't want to feel it. And so we numb with food or Mm. alcohol or drugs or whatever your choice of Mm. thing is, like Mm. addiction to porn or whatever Mm. it is. Like, we just numb ourselves because we don't want to feel what our body or just our soul is actually feeling. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I've been guilty of that so many times mm-hmm. where I'm like eating and I'm like, you know, then you just keep eating and then I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not even hungry anymore. Like, why am I still yeah, eating? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you're so switched off and disconnected that you're just like, oh, whatever. I'm just, I don't want to feel that. Yeah, we're it's so insane. taught it, aren't we? Yeah, we're for sure. so taught it. It's insane. Sorry, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it's really interesting because – I remember at the time, prior to this moment, I would be like, I just want to be back to where I was. Mm. Like, I just want to be back to where, like, that was the thought pattern. Yeah. I just want to be back to, like, why can't I just be happy again, you know? That Almost person. like desiring to be back where I was, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And this moment was like, okay, where am I at right now? What do I know to help me, mm. like, to help my health? What do I, what do I know helps health? Yeah. And that was movement. So I was like, okay, let's start here. Yeah. And that was literally the mindset. I was like, I can't go off that past version of myself. Mm. What do I have right now? Let's start here. So I went, did that for six months, like ridiculous. I literally was the fittest, most like shredded as well. Um, And not that it was even about that, but I just remember I was so focused on how I would feel Mm. and my mindset that my body took care of itself. It does though. That's the thing. Like I've, my weight has yo-yoed for years and years Mm -hmm. and years. And every time that like I can look back and every time that it's been at its best or whatnot is like, yeah, you're (laughs) focused on the feeling and, and what you're doing in that part of your life of what makes you happy and mm. what you're doing fulfills you mm-hmm. therefore your body just follows suit mm-hmm. like sometimes you don't even have to focus on it for it to follow suit totally. just focus on that like the, like you're saying the feeling of that it gives you yeah that in its sense though so I think sometimes can become an addiction you know totally so I think yes we all want to feel that deep genuine um deep-seated I don't want to use the word happiness, but like peace, if that's the word, like Mm -hmm. inner peace. But at the same time, 
where am I going with that? At the same time, not being attached to that outcome. Yeah, yeah, because I think that people like, and I know once again, I've been guilty of it where you're just so focused on, oh, peace, 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 I have to feel peace, I have to feel mm. it. But <laughs> really, look at the bigger picture. You're not feeling it because you're getting anxious about <laughs> feeling it because you want it so badly, you know? Completely, mm, totally. And it's funny you say that because that kind of was what led me into the next piece after right. that was because yeah. basically from there, I got myself to a certain stage that the the company that I was exercising at was like, hey, um, we'd love to have you as a trainer here. Yeah. Do you want to come train with us? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I so I started back work again basically. Yeah, right. I was working with like 80-plus women, but mm. they were hitting their, their physical goals, or like their weight loss goals, but they still weren't happy. And so from that point I was like, okay, there's a mind-body connection here, right? We were just like, something's not happening yeah well there was this part of me again this that I could feel that it was not about their body like Mm. that they had stresses at home that they had relationship issues that that you know all of this other stuff that who necessarily wants to tell and divulge these vulnerable pieces to their personal trainer right (laughs) or their beauty therapist or Or their their beauty exactly which I mean they do to a certain degree let's face it we're all like counselors undercover yeah um but yeah like I was just like okay well how am I going to how how do I get people to tell me this stuff Mm. because I want to I want to help more you Mm -hmm. know and so I that's what dropped me into the kinesiology route Right. I actually end up going to um, uni to study psychology and, ex- psychology and exercise science because my brain was like, okay, mind and body, what are the two? Yes. And then I got there and I was like, no, no, there's something more <laughs> than this, like outside of this container. Of... And then that's when you go, energy. That's well, I didn't. I was like, I've always wanted to study kinesiology. I might just yeah, do that right. as a stepping stone because by the time I finish that, the ah, next thing will come along. Okay, cool. But kinesiology just opened up everything. Yeah, right. Like just how the muscles are connected yeah we um it was based on like how do we get you feeling good feeling Mm -hmm. better right Mm -hmm. so the feeling sense um and it got to the stage where I for me and I and I love kinesiology and for me it's one of the the more whole modalities that I know that really helps because it addresses on so many levels Mm. oh I've recommended so many people to getting it done yeah like just from massage therapy from what i'm doing to i can only help you to a certain extent i don't have those skills so hey god seek in each other you might be it's weird phenomenal. and yeah. it might be you know bit, <laughs> you might be surprised at what comes out yeah like yeah it's it's an amazing yeah um yeah like you said modality and i think it's really beneficial yeah sure. yeah and um yeah, it's just it's so fascinating just to really really realize just how connected everything is. Mm, yeah. Um and also to really understand just how much our unconscious mind really plays out our life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like to understand like what those things that we don't acknowledge that are actually like stressing the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It just runs 95% Completely. of our decision-making skills and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this brought me to a point where I was doing that for, for a little while and then I was attracting just clients with different issues that I just couldn't support and that was mm. like sexual issues, like so many sexual issues that yeah. I was like this metaphysical understanding of things, yeah. which I have, this knowledge of yeah 
you know, that should fix it mm-hmm. or help it, should I yeah. say, isn't working. Yeah, right. And that's when I went through my own journey of like sexuality, sensuality, mm. deeper energetics. And that's like where the whole embodiment piece kind of started landing and so tell me the resistance you had because I know like I definitely want to take this in the direction of body image and sexuality tell me what how for you did it look as far as like the resistance showing up to all of that work because it's definitely a it's uncharted territory and you sort of go I don't know if I want to face those demons or I don't know if I want to Mm. (laughs) know what that's going to bring up for me (laughs) even though you know that on the other side of that's going to be amazing yeah and that you're going to feel a lot better about yourself and therefore you know in your case with your work be able to help more people yeah what did it look like for you yeah it was really interesting at the time so I didn't even know that like sexuality work was coming in for me. Yeah, right. And I guess at the time I was more confused about why kinesiology and the modality of kinesiology yeah. and the understanding intellectually of, yes. of how the body, you know, does things mm. wasn't supporting my clients and also myself as mm. well, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I was felt like I was just in this world of like, well, what is going on? I have no idea of what's next. Wow. Just completely like no idea. How do I add to it even though, yeah, there's, exactly. there's something more, but what is it? Exactly. And then I experienced this one, I experienced this yoga class, which um, it's the woman who did this yoga class. Um, she was taught at um, this training embodied flow mm. um, and basically it's somatics based somatic based Mm, uh therapy kind of yoga training right can you just explain to everyone what somatic somatic yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) so many people like i know i was like struggled to wrap my head around when (laughs) i first heard it um my my experience of somatics and i feel like everyone's different but Mm. my experience of somatics basically is just the felt sense Mm. of being in the body yeah so I actually have a feeling of what my liver feels like Mm. or I have a feeling of what my blood feels like as it rolls through my through my hand you know like that like actually being able to feel Mm. What those people like being in the body, yeah, from the feeling sense from well, inside the body, embodiment, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. that's what people. And once again, that that somatics and embodiment were two terms that I just mm. never really understood. And I think for myself, um, like I said to you before we started, like I feel like okay, I feel like I'm a few steps back, mm. but that's okay. Like this is just where mm. I'm at. And um, yeah, those things of like just understanding and learning that. Yeah, everything is connected and that it is pretty much at the end of the day, everything does come down to feeling. And if we're disconnected from our body, then we're not feeling. Yeah. That's it, you know, because we're, you know, once again, it comes back to the distractions, the numbing, the what can I do because it's too painful to feel. But, yeah, no, anyway, it's gone. Yeah, and there's so many pieces to it as well because it also links into our survival. Oh, yeah. Like it directly links into. Fight or flight. That's, you know. You're feeling threatened, then you... Well, we're living in a state of threat Yeah. by being disconnected from the body. Mm -hmm. So our body has 
Um, like animals have instincts, right? Mm. So bears know when to hibernate when winter's coming. Mm-hmm. They just instinct instinctually know, mm-hmm. right? Because they have these instincts. Mm. Spiders know instinctually how to how to um, create a web. You know, yeah. like all of these things, animals instinctually know when there's a line around and they're going to be attacked. It's, yes, you know, they don't. It's instincts, right? Mm. And instincts, what happens with that is that there's they're picking up stuff from within their their being, from within their body. Yeah. And that their body is almost like responding to the external stimuli. Mm. So yeah. as humans, we have the same thing, right? We have this innate capacity to instinctually know what we need to be doing in order to yeah. not only survive but thrive like you think of babies right they come out how do they know how to suck exactly they know how to suck because it's the very thing that they need for their own survival mm-hmm. so it's an innate thing that's built within us mm. and as adults the most obvious thing that we know is like our reflexes right so yeah like don't touch hot and we're just like yeah exactly. it's an instinct right yeah. and so what this happens is because we're not connected to our bodies we are literally disconnected from this innate, from this, from our instinctual um, way yeah. of living. Yeah. And what happens is and that's the only way we can hurt ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> so we're we're actually functioning in this space of 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 fear and mm. the very thing that we're actually trying to avoid, which is um, threat to our survival, mm-hmm. is um, fear, is lack, is you know, suffering, all these things, the very thing. Exactly. We're actually living from because we're not connected to our body. 100%. And this for me is one of the the very, very fundamental pieces of embodiment work Mm. because it actually is detrimental to our survival. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I'm just like, oh, how do we just not, how are we not taught this? I love how, like, because I know, like, when I come across people like yourself, like, you just get so passionate about it and you want to just share and you want to help so much. Um, And we can only help from a place of being embodied ourselves because when we disconnect from ourselves, then we we have nothing to give Mm. in that sense. Like, obviously, we it's like that, uh, what do they say, like, filling your own glass full first and letting it overflow rather than just giving from an empty cup because what have you got left to give you know yeah I think it all sort of ties into it um Mm. what is one of the ways so just touching back on body image yeah because now we're talking about embodiment and how that sort of you know connects with body image Mm -hmm. what I really like how you use the word like um, container a lot Mm. and that our body is the container that holds us as a being. Mm. Um, I guess my question would be like how how does that affect our everyday life in a sense of women obviously because um, I feel that as a society – it's women that there's the the spotlight on, you know. Mm. Yes, men, um, and I wish that a lot more men would talk about it because I think that there's a beautiful sense of um, 
being in that. Um, but yeah, with women, how does it affect our everyday life? This container, our body image when yeah. we're not embodied. Yeah. So the way that we directly see ourselves, um, which we look at through our body, mm. um, if we, because we have been taught to see ourselves as not enough, um, not valuable, mm. all those things, what we do is we try and we try and seek that through our body, right? Mm. So we try and pick on our body and how that then obviously affects us is, well, maybe not obvious at all, but how it actually affects us and impacts mm. us in our life is we have no confidence at all, like mm-hmm. none. Um, it impacts the way that we parent as a mother. Mm-hmm. It impacts the way that we make decisions because we're making them from a space of how can I people I'm please? Not I'm not enough mm. rather than I feel solid in my decision-making skills. Mm-hmm. Um, it impacts our sex lives and our desire to have mm. sex in the first place. A lot of women are just meeting their partners in the bedroom because they know how much their partners like it, not because they actually want to have sex, right? Because they feel like they're there for them, you know? Exactly. But once again, we've been taught that, like, even just women's women's sexuality in general and sensuality, like, it's been so suppressed that we are sort of, like, like you said, not showing up for ourselves, like, Mm -hmm. rather than just, yeah, like, it's so... I don't know. I could go down that rabbit hole, like yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, there's so because it all connects to each exactly. other, right? So there's so many different pathways that you can yeah, literally yeah. take with yeah, it. 100%. Yeah, but I completely understand what you're saying. Like it, it, you know. And one of the other things as well is like I feel as women, we've also gone the opposite way as well the, in this like manipulation game, right? Yes. This yep. distorted feminine of mm-hmm. manipulation and how do I use my sex in order to get yes. what I want, yep. which is the space that I came from, you know. Love me, give me this, and then yeah. I'll give you this in return. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's like there's just it, it just impacts so many areas, so mm-hmm. many areas. And um what I realized when I went through that time of getting myself better through health rather than doing it to change my body mm. was that my body completely just reflected my internal being. Yes. And that was who I chose to be in this world, mm-hmm. not what my body like looked like, but who I chose to be. Mm. How happy I was with myself as a human being, like, not my, my physical self, but yeah. who I was being as a person, like my personality. How you're showing up. How I was showing up, the decisions mm. that I was making, how aligned with my life I was and mm. the joys and the purpose that I felt like I was here for in life and whether or not I was choosing choices that were aligned with that or mm. that were living in that. Um, and what I realised is that it's actually not about our body at all. It's 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 actually about that. Mm. It's about that very thing is that we have come so far from who we know ourselves to be innately Mm. that we have no idea of how to get back there and we choose it through our physical body. Mm -hmm. We feel like that's the starting point. Yeah. And it is the starting point but not from the space of trying to change the body, from the space of how do I get curious about the body. 
And like you were saying before, tapping into the feeling. Yeah. How can I get that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of happiness, that feeling of peace? It doesn't, it's not like, you know, 100% a day type thing, but it's like how can we, because the ego and the old programming and all that sort of stuff is always going to come back in. It's always going to be there. It's a matter of how strong can we get our mind and our mental game so that we can have these feelings the majority of the time, you know, so that we can then help others as well. Yeah, and it's um, a big part as well is like learning to embrace Mm. the opposite, right? Mm. We don't look at the at the night sky and go, oh, my God, like, I do not want to, like, don't tell me it's darkness. Oh, my God, don't tell me it's dark. No, give me the sunlight. Exactly. You know, we we find such beauty, Mm. such beauty in it. So for me, one of the big pieces that I now have learned and through my own journey to believe in is, like, our darkness is actually the elixir of our life. I love that. (sighs) Oh, goosebumps. Because that I feel like, yes, like, even, you know, doing my own work, you're constantly this like masculine energy fight, you know, move forward, push, push, push. We don't stop to just accept and embrace, like you said, like embrace the other parts of it that are actually really important for the journey. You know, we're so quick to look to the positives Mm. and try and remove the negative altogether when the negative is what makes it just as much as the positive yeah yeah wow and you know what I've realized as well is like from obviously from diving deeper and deeper and deeper into this um is that it's all just an experience Mm -hmm. like in the same way that we jump on a roller coaster ride and have ups and downs we don't label Mm. the downs as like negative yeah, the crappy it's like <laughs> it's almost like time to like catch our breath and be like oh like this yes. is wow like yeah. what an experience kind of thing yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's just an experience it's neutral mm. as neutral as it also is like the up parts like both are, yes. are beautiful and I feel one of the things I've noticed is like the this is one of the big pieces that adds to our disconnection and our suffering is our inability to mm. To be able to look at those pieces that we have shamed or labelled as our darkness Mm. um, and we've been taught not to accept them because they're not enough or they're they're ugly or whatever, you know. So it's like how do we just learn to love those pieces because we're actually not ever not whole. We're just finding more pieces of ourselves that we've forgotten to love yeah and that we just need to uncover yeah yeah and that's it I think it's really important for a lot of women to understand that you know we have to start where we are not Mm -hmm. oh I'll be happy when Mm -hmm. because that was one of the the nasty nasty programs on repeat in my head I'll be happy when I lose weight and I'm sure it was probably the same (laughs) I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I'll be happy when these things happen when I have a man when I lose weight when I have a million dollars when when I've got the money when I have the sex life all that sort of stuff and it's just it's not it that's Mm -hmm. not it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's now right now in this moment in every moment because that's all it is that it's just a moment 
a million pieces of nows pieced mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. creating that moment and accepting what you see in the mirror or what your finances look like or what your relationship, where it's at, where your kids are at, you know, yeah. that having it now rather than constantly pushing yes sure we can have goals body image especially like you know sure we all want to feel you know that word feel we all want to feel good in our skin but it's as simple as we can create that feeling now we don't have to push and force anything to get it you know in the future yeah, because if we start it now, then it, we can create that momentum momentum to have it in the future. Yeah, and so on and so on. there's two things that are coming to me as you're speaking, and first and foremost, that is that we always have the resources that we mm. that we are actually seeking externally within ourselves. Yes, always, always, mm-hmm. always, always. This is why it's a non-negotiable to actually come back to the body. Yes, and one of the other things that you mentioned was that we're seeking these feelings, yet we're shutting down from feeling the feeling in our body. The internal, so exactly. it's such a sabotage program that we've been brought up with yep. to deeply desire and hunger for this feeling, yet we're actually not willing to feel the feeling. So yes, Cancels we might each other out. Exactly. We might get it, but we're not yeah. gonna feel it. Exactly. And we might even have it. But we don't know because yep. we're not willing to feel. And yeah, because we and, and even if we do feel for moments, because there's been times in my life where I've felt that, you know, where you do feel it and it's overwhelming. Like it can be really overwhelming because you're like, well, I don't deserve to feel this good. And like you're saying, it's that self-sabotage of like, what? No, like what? This can't be possible to feel this on a daily basis or this can't be possible to feel this in every moment of your life because it's too much goodness. It's too much to feel, you know? And so then once again, we disconnect, we disembody and we shut off from receiving the feeling that, you know, mm-hmm. essentially is going to fulfill us and light us up from the inside and share what we have to share. It's funny you say that because that's one of the really, really big things that I work with women around is like their feeling of like, because we have been told over the years, mm-hmm. centuries, lifetimes, mm-hmm. lineages, that we're too much. Yeah. We then dull ourselves and suppress mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. so that we don't feel any of it so therefore we don't feel enough which is where we where we actually function from as a woman exactly I can't that's too much if I say that and I actually just did it the other day I said something to and like it's so innately like deeply ingrained in us this story of like it's too much to feel because I won't go too far into this but, but at the very core of us a lot of women is the feminine energy and the feminine energy is the tidal wave that sits in the banks of the river, mm. right? She is the energy mm. that is chaotic. Yeah. She is like a primordial storm. She is like just chaos, right? Yes. Of yeah. feelings inside of ourselves, of energy. Mm. And because we've been told that that's too much, we then stop feeling it and we suppress it. Rather than harnessing it right. and using it. Therefore, the yeah. suppression of the feminine, suppression mm-hmm. of, like, women, suppression of ourselves. We can't, as women, be ourselves mm. because it's too much. Yeah. So, therefore, we, we're not, we don't be anything at all, mm-hmm. which is where we get this space of, like, I'm, I'm not enough because it's our internal system going, I'm actually not 
being enough of myself. Yes, exactly. I'm not feeling enough, expressing enough. <sighs> yeah. No, yeah. I 100% agree. It's it's amazing how it's something as simple as body image or embodiment, mm. you know, like it's like just this label that we slap on it when there is so much beneath it. So much. And, and so much, like it just runs so deep in mm. our veins, in our being. And this is what I get so passionate about of like, yeah, just – Sharing it with people, obviously, but, like, really, how do we get people to know this? Mm. Because we already know it. It's just about, you know, removing all of the gunk that we were given Mm. um, and actually tapping into it again and feeling it from that place of this is who we are, this is our true Mm. self, we are enough, and all we need to do is love ourselves. It's, yeah. it's really that simple, you know? Yeah. And the gateway is the body. Mm. Like I believe, mm. and this is why we're talking about body image, which yeah. we're actually talking about everything else. Everything, yeah, I know. <laughs> the gateway is the body. Like yeah. if we are brave enough and courageous enough mm. to dive into loving the parts of our body that we don't love, mm. and this for me, like there's a practice that I do with my, with the women that I work with that for me is a non-negotiable and it's I don't know whether you've done this one actually like um so it's like literally like putting on some music Mm. closing down your eyes and taking your awareness to your hands and the fingertips of your hands Mm. and seeing your body through the eyes of your fingertips and your Mm. palms and just journeying your whole entire body I think we did this in your new yoga yes. workshop. Yes. Yes. Uh, we did. I remember doing that. Yeah, seeing your yeah. whole body with different eyes mm. and also seeing the whole landscape of your physical self because mm. we do not want to see ourselves. Physical body, when we have body image issues, mm. we don't even want to look at them, let alone touch our parts of our body right or if we do touch I I know for myself um for a time obviously my stomach after having kids stretch marks Mm. it was always that biggest that was the issue area and how do I get that and how do I change that and how do I you know just remove it Mm. and I remember the first time I ever actually with a much similar Mm. practice felt my stomach and just even just the sensation of my fingers and my hands on my skin it was numb. Mm. And I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that it was numb, you know? And obviously from then, like I've done, you know, my own work and it's not numb anymore, Mm. but you know, this is the sort of work that we need to do because if we can't even feel just a simple touch on our own skin, Mm. then what is underlying that we really need to work on, you know? Yeah. And, you know, translate that into every other area of our life. Mm. What about when our kids hug us? What about when we go to have sex with our partner and they're touching our skin? What about like like all these different aspects of our life Mm. where other people are also physically touching us and we've created this barrier of numbness? Mm. Oh, of course insane. we can't feel. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's crazy. So what would you say, um, what would you say would be like as a society, what what do you think your opinion is? Obviously of body image, we know where you're at now and, and the work you're doing and how important it is. And, and obviously for you, that's like a foundation of where you think it starts. How, like, 
is it changing? <laughs> you know, because I feel like Instagram <clears throat> and social media, and it's great, people are sharing their flaws, and I love that. Um, but I guess to challenge that, you know, is it still just the highlight reel? And is there, it, well, to me, I feel like there's still a massive issue that we're not dealing with here. Mm. So I guess how do you see that in your eyes? It's really interesting. I feel like you, mm. I feel like it is changing. I feel like it's mm. a slow a slow change, which for me is actually a good thing because if it was, a complete, re, you know, like opposite ends of the scale, then mm. for me I don't feel like it would be sustainable. So True. Mm-hmm. I feel this slow ripple of, you know, vulnerability and mm. um, this I feel that there's this level of intimacy and realness that is coming through, but it's slow. It's just slow to kind of ripple mm. out. Mm-hmm. And obviously it depends on what circles you're in, depends on like yeah. I know I say that and yet I still obviously am, am talking about sitting here today with you talking about body image, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually just did a post today where I was just like, oh, isn't it interesting still, you know, X amount of time on I'm still talking no, about body still image. We're still talking about yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. <laughs> like it still baffles me that we're yeah. still dealing with it yeah. like you were saying. Um, it, okay, then in that case, do you think it's something that we will ever stop talking about? Oh gosh, I believe anything's possible. Yeah. So I believe that there is a possibility of that. And I don't know whether I'll be alive in this lifetime to see it. <laughs> Likewise. And so. also in saying that, like it's different cultures as well. Like oh, yeah. you know, you go over to um like different um, you know, like um oh gosh, completely can't even think of any at the moment, but like, you know, the amount of travel that I've done, like not every country deals with body image Mm. issues well like you said it comes back to like a lot of different cultures women are still shamed for even just showing their bare skin Mm -hmm. on their arms even Mm -hmm. you know so and I mean I'm not I came from like white religion if you want to call it that Mm. (laughs) and you know even even the religion that I grew up in Mormonism Shul- mm. couldn't show our shoulders it wasn't mm. it wasn't modest to show um the skin above your knees or your midriff or you know and mm. so yeah it's it does, I, I honestly don't think it doesn't it doesn't matter what religion it is what culture um yeah there there's always that that body shaming regardless of you know, how much or how little they choose to show mm. um do you feel like that was body? shaming in the sense of like actually like your physical body is a shame or like you like you just showing skin like you're not allowed to show skin do you like a sexual kind of thing yeah no I genuinely do feel that it was shamed Uh, the the I think the body was shamed more so in a sense to do with sexuality right if you show your midriff or cleavage Men will look at yeah. you like this. You will get taken advantage of. Um, mm. But then once again, for myself, I was very much like you. you. used to go out, you know, I used to go underage clubbing at 16 or whatever. I would, like, throw myself at people because I mm. wanted to feel that connection mm. and that love and that, like, 
you know, and albeit it wasn't love, was it? It was just lust and, you know, completely, completely physical Attention surface level. And, yeah. Um, but it was that, yeah, that desire for connection when mm. really same as you. Like we, I understand now that it's actually the desire to connect within. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with anyone, anything, mm-hmm. anything external. It is always, it always comes back to within and how we feel and the relationship that and the connection that we have with ourselves completely and that's what people I feel I guess that's where we need the most work Mm. how do we tap back into that you know what well in your in the work that you do what so you shared the practice of you know just closing down our eyes and and just touching Mm. with the you know the eyes of our hands and Mm. touching through that do you have any other specific practices that you just you know believe that it's a non-negotiable as women, men, even we need to do this on a daily basis because Mm -hmm. it is so important to connect with ourselves. So um, meditation was a part of my journey as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And that got me so far because again, it was very, very mind based for me personally. Mm, Um, So I feel like there's a couple of things that um, I can answer your questions with. Um, I remember I don't really know even where my questions were. They were just like, yeah, beginning like to me the beginning see so many people at the beginning 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 that they don't even spirituality isn't even a term that they even like to use and it's probably like like they think it's like this woo -woo, like crystals oils this that kinesiology energy like it's so foreign to them yeah and and i also want to just point out that like chiropractors have been using kinesiology for decades Mm. like it actually is a chiropractic so if we want to We've we've been taught to separate these things mm, in our compartmentalize. life, right? And so, first and foremost, realizing that nothing is separate, mm. because I think with the separation, then creates fear around being curious around that. Mm-hmm. So nothing is separate. Um, secondly, that feeling of that juiciness and that deliciousness and whatever it is that you know. Um, we get to feel on a regular basis doesn't just happen overnight. Like it is. And I feel like, I feel like it's really important to mention that it doesn't just happen overnight and it's not a consistent thing in the same Mm. way that we go to the gym every single day, Mm -hmm. right? If you were to eat shit food for your whole life, your body would respond in that way, Mm -hmm. right? You would, probably put on weight, you'd become really unhealthy, whatever. Mm. You would then spend a good solid amount of your life changing that mm. because you've just eaten shit food your whole life. Yeah. So this is what that is. You are literally spending all like your days. It's a life change. And it sounds really, of course, to Cliche. say that. Yeah, exactly. Cliche to say that, <clears throat> to say that, but it's like, you don't go from brushing your teeth to not brushing your teeth. Hmm. Like it's an automatic, you have to make the change, right? It's a conscious decision. Even being in a relationship, some days you have days where you actually just don't want to be in the relationship with the person. (laughs) You don't, right? And it's a (laughs) conscious, yeah, right? (laughs) Totally. Let's be real. And it's a conscious choice to be in that relationship Mm. on those days. Same thing. It's a conscious choice. Like you, you start off with the desire to change, mm. to be in your body, and then you have days where you're like, okay, that desire isn't there. I have to consciously choose Commit. this. 
It's the desire. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I really like how you said that because it starts with the desire. When that desire fades away, commitment. That's when the commitment comes in. For sure. And that's when it, I think I'm so like, um, focused on, on, beginning these like non-negotiables what is your non-negotiable standard for yourself on a daily basis and even if it is something as simple as brushing your teeth Mm. or um for me it's having a cold shower like I Mm. love my cold showers at the moment it is my vice to go to Mm. at the moment and you know what that'll probably change over time but for me my non-negotiable it which is what gets me into my body which is what connects me in the morning is my cold shower um and, cre- and, and making that commitment, whether it be writing it down, mm. having it posted somewhere where you can see it, you know, it's that, yeah, because the desire does fade quickly. Mm. <laughs> really totally. Quickly. Completely right. People think that, oh, if you if you love it and if it's good for you, then it'll always be there. It's like sex, that desire. Yes. It's not always there. Exactly. Sometimes you have to like, yeah, that desire, it will come and go. And, and really quickly. that is such a representation of of this, of life, mm. because we once we once we be in like, how do we learn to be with both spaces? Like, yeah, we love it when we're in desire, mm. but how do we also learn to use our resources and to love it when we're not in desire? When we're in that, when we've got to commit to that, right? Mm. How do we how do we find the joy in that mm. phase? And this is so representational of what we're actually diving into like the emotions and the feelings in our body yeah, yeah. like how do we find that for both of that mm. and I think it's the same principle for both because it is. so many people like yeah like we, we it, it's like for the good stuff it's great it's unconditional then for the bad well the bad inverted commas bad mm. it's conditional you know it needs to be that unconditional acceptance for both parties or else <laughs> It can't mesh together and just flow like we're saying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then also the other thing is having a sliding scale Mm. um, because it's not linear and it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. My mum, oh, my God, we grew up black and white. You do it or you don't. Religion, it's right or wrong. Everything is so like, you know, this, that. And it's like, no, you can't like, you know, and they still live like that. That's fine. That makes them happy. But I was always like, there is so much grayscale. What are you talking yes. about? Like, you know, and like you're saying, using that sliding plane of like some days we're here, some days we're there. It's it's acceptance of it all as a whole, not shutting it out, being dedicated and committed to feeling. Mm. We Even when we don't want to go there, and I know you like to use um, the, the phrase like lean in and, mm. and that quite a lot in your um, – in a lot of your videos you know and just rather than running away from that uncomfortable space Mm. going there because Mm. that's actually where it is you know for a lot of people we're so so quick to just switch off and we've left our body don't want to deal with it when if we actually sat in if we actually sat in it what would we feel yeah. And do you know what's Are really going to die? No, it's not that scary. <laughs> no. Do you know what's really interesting is it's, it's not the thing. It's not the feeling of the thing that we're actually scared of. Mm. We're, what we're actually scared of is the fear around the story of what it will be like to feel it. Yes. Like that's, that's what we're actually 
mm-hmm. in fear of, not the actual experience of the feeling. Yeah. So because we know that the experience of the feeling is going to be amazing. It's it's fine. <laughs> we know that that's going to be the good part, but it's this we like you're saying it's the thought process around it that we create this. No, you know the fear. Yeah, it, it fear. Oh, it's nasty. Yeah, and this is why <laughs> it's it's vital though. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Like it's it's there. So like our fear is there and it's real, and it's gotten to the stage where it is running our life. Yes, and in the same way that it's necessary. Like you wouldn't chop off the head and just live from a body, right? Mm, mm. Our our head and our body are so necessary to be in conversation with each other, mm-hmm. but we don't want to live from one or the other. So it's like, how do we rebalance the space of like, okay, our fear is warranted and it's needed. And how do we exercise being in the body mm. to then be able to have them commute together? Exactly. Rather than just one or the other. Oh, hundred percent. And I think you know, going, touching back to the body image, mm. you know, we don't view our big toe or, or I feel that we shouldn't be viewing our big toe any different to our nipple, any different to our yoni, any different to, you know, our eyelashes, whatever. Like it's a body is a body. Mm-hmm. Why are some parts shamed because they are deemed as private or, um, you know, erogenous. Mm. Somebody's elbow could be an erogenous zone. Like, what does how that's is that a thing. any different? <laughs> that's actually right? a thing, right? How is that any different to their armpit or their clitoris? Like, they're all our bodies have so many nerve endings everywhere. Like, we our senses are so heightened. Mm. If we're connected, sometimes if we're not connected, obviously we can numb and we feel numb. But I feel that there's yeah, like we need to just drop and accept the shame around our body in a sense that, you know, even just sharing it, we don't have to share it, but what is the issue with sharing? Why are we still hating ourselves for some skin that's been stretched? Mm. (laughs) What does it matter? It's skin, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether it has scars or stretches or, um, sun damage or whatever it is why is it why is it so patent as this terrible terrible thing Mm. it's just it blows my mind that you know we just choose to hate parts of ourselves oh I like this you know it's conditional once again comes back to you know we we just need to choose to love ourselves unconditionally like that came to you that your pivotal moment yeah love yourself which I feel like is the journey though like it's Mm. the journey of life because since then it's obviously been a journey for me and it still is a journey for me you know the journey never ends absolutely um yeah like it just is this consistent and not shaming ourselves for having those thoughts because it's like those thoughts that you were were speaking about Mm indicate so much of where we've gotten that body shame from Mm. and why we're holding that body shame. Mm -hmm. And from there, from that awareness, we get to choose whether we want to keep those thoughts and continue shaming ourselves Mm -hmm. or whether we actually want to choose something different. Mm -hmm. And if we're choosing something different, then the journey is building that muscle of reminding ourselves that that's what we've chosen. Like this morning I got up and I don't normally wear jeans, but 
put jeans on and they were tight. And I was like, oh, I finally was a little bit thinner. And then I was like, hang on a hang second. On. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. like, yes, I could be, but they're snug. They're gorgeous. They're hugging me. You know, and like it's just cold today. So. And it is cold. Like changing the story of like, but just not shaming ourselves for mm. the fact that those thoughts come up and will continue to come up. It's like, oh, thanks for being here. And, yeah, constantly wanting to change, you know, because I think, like, once yeah, yeah, it's that acceptance, like, this is where I'm at right now. There's no perfect place to get to. There's no, yeah. And we spoke about that actually, like, I think it was before we even got on the podcast, but, like, there's no end goal. There's yeah. no level of perfection. There's there's no space that we ever get into. You can into. say, I've made it. Exactly. I found myself. I'm embodied. <laughs> like, you, you know, we don't even, like, I even sometimes, I don't, like, yeah, when people say that about me, like, oh, you're really embodied. I'm like, oh, yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm a human being. We're all human beings. Yes. Like, yes. I like to be this way. And there's also... And I, and I honor the work that I've done. And at the same time, like there's no, I'm, we all have moments where we're just in our humanness. Like we're all doing the, the best morning that we when can. when you're putting your jeans on. When I'm going, putting my jeans oh, on, yeah. goddamn jeans on. And like <laughs> popped a friggin' like Got to do the thing. stretchy bit. <laughs> yeah, I tried to pull them up and I bloody broke my belt. <laughs> so it's like, these are way too tight. <laughs> but that's just it. It's that, yeah, accepting our humanness and going, you know what? This is who we are. Yeah. This is what we, this is our being. There yeah. is no place to get to. There is no place to, there's places to come from, but mm-hmm. there's no end goal because the minute you create that end goal for yourself is the moment that you just, you, you that's when you become unhappy because you're never going to get there. Yeah. And even if you do get there, wherever there is, you you've already moved the goalposts so yeah. you're not there anymore are you it's just... and life is changing so much that mm-hmm. that um the conditions in which you feel you've gotten there in are gonna change so as soon as you that, get there uncom- <laughs> you know you have no control over exactly like, so it's like what you what can you control how you mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. and that is being in your experience mm-hmm. of being a human being of being in all your imperfections which I actually feel are perfections. Like, how do you how do you be in the perfection of, you know, your body? Mm. Like for me, it's just it's so per- like the way that your face is put together, you know, to mm-hmm. to perfectly form like the textures and the the yeah. canvas and like it's all perfectly put together. And it's that for you, like you're saying. I can't remember the exact words used, but discovering the wilderness or what, what was yeah, it? Yeah, in a wilderness. Like, in a wilderness. Like that I remember I looked down because we are naked quite a lot in our home. Like mm. <laughs> if I'm not working, I'm not usually wearing clothes. And our kids, you know, we're very open with our kids like that. And I remember sitting down and I was just watching the tennis last week, looked down at my stomach, saw the stretch marks, obviously the first thing that comes in, ugh, too big, not good oh, enough. Oh, I'm so wide. I need a tan. Blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Beautiful. And then went, hang on. Um, going back to this is my container. Mm. This is it. This is all I've got for the next however many years I'm alive mm. here physically on this earth. Mm. Why the fuck would I choose to hate that? Because 
This is it. They're never going to go away. No amount of surgery or or whatnot, you know. Okay, surgery can fix, if you want to use that word, some things, but they're marks that have told a story, that have given life, that have done whatever it needs to do, you know. Like why are we so quick to judge and hate on the container? The only thing that we have here in the physical, Mm. why are we so quick to hate on that and judge that? Because yeah. This is this is it. This is all we get. Yeah, you don't you don't grow a new finger if it gets chopped off. But it, fuck, even, I wish we could. Like geckos grow another time. Even, even in that though, right? Even like, did like our our body. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny? Um, <laughs> even even in that, like our body, and this is why I feel like I have so much appreciation for the human body. What has allowed me to have so much appreciation for my physical body mm. is learning so much about it Mm. so the fact that it it consistently I don't have to tell it to do anything I don't have to tell my heartbeat yes to beat I don't have to literally I don't even have to try and breathe in oxygen I don't have to tell like that oxygen that comes in to filtrate to go where it needs to go I don't have to tell my liver to um you know, to, to transform fats and shit like that in the way that does. I don't have to well, tell you. Think like, about it. Even if we even if we tried to control our breath, <clears throat> that's when it you know, like when we exactly. try force, that's when it doesn't work. That's when exactly. it starts to jam up. So it's that's that when we start to suffer. Allowing flow and just letting go. Exactly. Letting go. So why do we think and, and it's so great you mentioned that because it's like why do we think then that trying to control our body would mm. be any different? Exactly. Yeah. Like I just, it, our body has such an innate intelligence mm. that our mind can never, ever, ever comprehend, ever. And even how I understand it now, I still have, I'm blown away on mm. days, days and like just, there's so much to it that I'm just like, holy crap, like yeah. you just consistently amaze me, you know, like yeah, so mind-blowing. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, we we feel like we, you know, for whatever reason, try and control it. We and clutch it so hard because we're like, <clears throat> this fear, yes. I have to change it. <laughs> and I love what you touched on before about being naked around um, the house because nudity is one of the – or nakedness is – a big part of my work and mm. I've had so many people say to me why do you have to be naked all the time I was gonna say what what is that for <laughs> what is it because about I the nakedness know, yeah what <clears throat> I know um my coach I guess she has a bit of a different take on that and that's where I was like oh okay confusing mm. because I would I would much more like yourself where I feel that sharing that um empowers other women mm. and you know acceptance and whatnot um <laughs> Whereas she was like, oh, I always used to post naked photo of booty. You're just like a yoga instructor and, ah, oh, this and this and that. But obviously it was coming from the space of attention and validation and that and whatnot. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I can understand that. Whereas now it comes from a space of we're doing it so we can help others. <laughs> we're not just doing it because we think that that's what people want to see. We're doing it yeah. because we genuinely believe that our deep desire is to be raw real naked like in Mm. that nakedness and just 
yeah, dropping into that, I think that it's a really powerful space that we can choose to live in if we if we choose to. Yeah, exactly. And like it's not for everyone and it doesn't yeah. it's not a necessity that people go through or have to go through in order to to get mm-hmm. to any stage. But so my journey, like it's kind of my journey with nakedness is I I will share pictures of my physical body mm. in the pure desire for people to look at my body, see the imperfections, which I actually deem are perfections, Mm. see the humanity within my or the humanness within my physical self Mm. because it's totally unedited, totally raw. There's bumps where we're told bumps shouldn't be. Mm. There's hair where we should, you know, hair shouldn't be, especially as a female. Like, for me, it's like I had to accept those parts of myself. And if mm. I have to accept those parts of myself, then how much of society is also dealing with having to accept those parts of themselves? Exactly. So it's like if I share my, I will share myself mm. in the hope that you look at me and go, wow, like actually that part of, like she's got that too. And I can accept, therefore I can accept therefore that. Therefore I can myself. accept that mm. about myself. Not like honest. I'm not normal. I'm not not normal, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it's through seeing all these bloody images on, you know, of like perfection and editing and whatever, mm. all these Photoshopped mm. images that we actually start to separate separate ourselves and deem ourselves as not normal, right? What is your take <laughs> on, sorry, I know we're going way over time, but what is your take on manifesting the body you desire? I feel that that term, like manifesting, that that term manifesting is is really, I know it works. Mm. (laughs) I've done it plenty of times with a lot of different areas of my life. But as far as body image goes, like, you know, for example, someone like myself, oh, you know, hypothetically, I want to manifest to be a size da-da-da or to be a da-da, you know mm. what I mean, to have my stretch marks fade away and re- be removed from my skin, you know, like mm. to me, and I don't, I would love to know your opinion on it, but to me it still comes from a place of, well, you're still not happy with yourself, you know? Yeah, like what places are coming from? Yeah. Why? Why do you want that? Yeah. I would be, that would be the question I would ask. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Because I think that manifesting is great it has its purpose and it really does um work but yeah what what is it about the what you deem as a your perfect body why is it that you want that and what is you know what is the driving force behind it because anyone could achieve it but what is it like once again is that is it that thing of I'll be happy when, (laughs) you know. And this is a thing, like, it comes back to, like, this is where it comes back to our intention, right? With Mm. me, I was exercising prior to getting sick from Mm. through the intention of trying to change my body to Mm. look a certain way to then be validated, Mm. right? Afterwards, I did it from a space of, like, how do I just feel better within myself? I know that Mm -hmm. this makes me feel better, so I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Right. So two totally different intentions. Mm. Um, There was actually and it's funny because with my journey, I went through a space of completely just stripping myself raw of everything. Like I remember when I was younger, I used to use like false nails and tan and like Mm -hmm. eyelashes and all that sort of stuff Mm. from this space of like needing to look 
a certain way, needing to look fit better, the image, fit needing the, to yeah. fit the image, right? Mm-hmm. And having gone through a space of stripping, like I've only just recently started wearing eyelashes again and sometimes I'll wear fake tan, mm. but it's coming from a space that's... It makes me feel good, therefore I, I do it I've me. stripped my body so much that it's like I... How do I adorn this? Like this for me is adornment. Yeah. You know, like yes. I love that it, word. It feels like it's luxurious to my mm. body because I've gone so much the opposite end of the scale. So oh, now it same. comes from like, okay, this is a rebalancing because mm. this is coming from like actually nourishing my body. And how do we share and drop into that femininity? And how do how can we express our femininity yeah. through these things rather than using them as masks and shields and exactly and knowing that there doesn't have to be like you know I could have this or I could not have it like you you know you could Mm. I don't have to wear I don't have to wear these things Mm. but I'm enjoying wearing these things now because I've gone you know so far the opposite end of the scale I've done that too so it's like the no makeup and the I'm gonna let my hair grow and I'm gonna do everything and I'm gonna just not you know everything natural yeah I love that part of me you know, I yes. love it. But yeah, like you're saying, sometimes it's like we we get to we get to yeah. adorn it's a choice. our bodies. And this is the beauty of being able to embrace all because life mm. is forever changing, mm. right? And I know that I'm not gonna be in this like this isn't gonna be me forever. So whilst I'm feeling in this space, I'm really gonna enjoy it. Exactly. You know, so yep. it's like how do we just embrace all those pieces of ourselves? Because in the past I would have deemed that as like even wearing makeup, I would have deemed that as like trying to cover up yes. something. But it's like yeah. actually no, like what space is that actually? When we think from? we're being like, oh, I'm such a spiritual person, but I'm not wearing makeup because I did it. And then yeah, we're judging people that are wearing it because we're going, oh, well, they're covering up. Look at me being natural and spiritual. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, I can, I used to deem alcohol, right? This mm. thing that you know, is like, oh, alcohol's bad. But it's actually not anything outside of us that's bad or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's what is the intention behind why we're choosing this Mm -hmm. that is actually the most important thing that we need to ask. And I think at the end of the day it doesn't matter. We don't need to hyper-focus on the external things because it doesn't matter Mm. what you eat, drink, Alcohol, no alcohol, lashes, no lashes, fake tan, no fake tan. Mm. It doesn't matter. Mm. It is the intention, the feeling that we get from it because the feeling then in turn is either a nourishing feeling for our bodies or it's something that doesn't feel very good and (laughs) we want to do everything we can to remove that feeling. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this has uh, been an amazing conversation. I think we'll leave it there for today. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel so fulfilled with that. This is so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Thank you. I honestly, I know, not. I just, I genuinely know that so many people are going to get so much out of this episode because, oh. yeah, it's just like, you know, like you said, you know, we could talk about it for hours and hours and yeah. hours, but there is so much that needs to be shared and I think yeah it's it's up to us to do that because yeah you know unfortunately we have the knowledge and and there are people that are searching for it so why not share it yeah and I also want to just add one more piece at the end and that is that you know in order for for me to get to this space and I feel like for you as well Monique Mm. like to get to this space 
we have to journey through the pieces of ourselves that we deem so unlovable Mm. and so vulnerable and so shameful. So if anyone listening to this has Mm. something on board that they're like, oh, but they didn't journey through that or but they wouldn't understand this or I really want to know about this but I don't want to tell them about this, I can't Mm. talk about this, Mm. just know that nothing that you could ever say or do would ever deem you unlovable to us or to anyone because what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, I guarantee everyone else is. It's the same feeling. Exactly the same. It doesn't matter what trauma it was. It's It's just in different boxes. 100%. Definitely. So, Lauren, how can people contact you? I know you've got a lot coming up this year. Retreats. So many retreats. Yeah. Programs. Um, Yeah. So probably the best way to contact me is to, you can find me on Facebook, um, Lauren Mm -hmm. Becker Living. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can head to my website, laurenbeckerliving.net. Cool. Um, I'll put everything in the show. Yeah, today. totally. You're on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Instagram, Facebook. Cool. Um, yeah, I've got a retreat coming up, which is going to be diving into all of this oh, stuff. I'm I so love excited. It. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, cool. Website, email. Awesome. Yeah, message me. I love having these conversations. Love, Don't love we them. all? Far yeah, out. Totally. I could. You know, even when I'm doing like, oh, I'm doing your brow wax, let's yeah. dive deep into this because I want to talk about it. I know. It's almost like inconvenient that the brow wax is happening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that you don't have more time. I know. I know. Sorry. I totally agree. I love it. All right. Cool. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you again. Oh, how amazing is Lauren? Seriously, I just can't get enough of her. She is just such a such a beautiful soul. So if you got anything out of that episode, please make sure to subscribe. Please go and check out her website and her Instagram, her Facebook. Um, she's got some amazing things coming up this year. I know it's a bit of a crazy time, but I think this is a perfect time for all of us just to go within and to just really sort of give ourselves that rebirth that we're really, really seeking at this time. So um, make sure you go and check out her website and we'll see you in next week's episode. Bye. 